some notes. I'm going to invite you to look at some scriptures with me this morning. And also, maybe the most important thing that you'd write on that little piece of paper is actually maybe a word from God in this day. Um, Before I begin to share from God's Word this morning, I just want to take a few moments of personal privilege, if I can. Um, I want to say thank you to our pastoral transition team. We, we put together a team. You can give thanks for them. Um, I ask a group of people, Joyce White, Terry Bates, Al Harmon, Donna Lummis, Dwight Snyder, and then uh, serving as kind of an ex-officio uh, members of the team, I ask um, Gene Dyke, Susan Rents, BJ Seal, and Mimi uh, Young to be a part of that team. And I think that they have done a very good job at helping us around this place be fun, familiar, and unforgettable, all right? That's what I challenge them to do. And not only does their job keep rolling um, as, right, t- towards this weekend, but, um, I mean, it, they're, they're running till September the 24th as a team to say as many hello events as possible to Jonathan. By the way, if you're brand new, I guess by now you figured out that we're in pastoral transition here, all right? But, um, but we, we believe God's fingerprints are all over this. I'm so blessed to have been the founding pastor of this church, been here for 17 years, and um, I'm thankful for that. I am also very grateful that, they all, that, 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 the, um, that the United Methodist Church invited me to, to um, recommend the person who would take my place, and they took my one, number one selection. Jonathan Anderson is going to do a fantastic job. I'll talk a little bit more about Jonathan in a minute. But I just wanted to say, begin by saying, uh, you know, that pastoral transition team, they're paving the way for Jonathan to come in to a church that is so ready and so poised to receive him. The, another thing I wanted to uh, just, again, personal privilege, I wanted to, to, to begin today by saying thank you for Friday night. Uh, Friday night, we had an awesome evening together, and, and, and I, will, I will remember it for the rest of my life. I got in the parking lot uh, filled with emotion. I looked at Julie and I said, I am so tired emotionally. I just need to go home and go to bed. But at the same time, I I feel so filled. And um, it was a wonderful night. And I thank you. And and let me tell you another thing I thought. Um, I thought to myself as I drove out of the parking lot how proud I am of our church. What a great event. That was a moment that we will forever remember. And you guys did good. And I just want to celebrate you and how good you did at saying thank you or goodbye to your pastor. So um, now what else? Oh, um, I have a baton. All right. This is a baton. You know, I never realized that the relay batons were so light. They are light. They're hollow, too. And I called somebody this week, and I said, would you give me a baton? And they handed me a baton because all during this, uh, probably for the last, uh, I guess, three months, we've been talking about pastoral transition like it is a relay race, like it's a baton to be handed off. And so on this very important Sunday, I just want to remind you of something that I reminded you of and told you about from the very beginning that secession in ministry is biblical. It happens over and over again in the Bible. I mean, you've got, for example, Moses turning the ministry, handing the baton off to Joshua. You've got Elijah handing the ministry into Elisha's hands. You get David, literally king of Israel, handing the kingdom and the ministry of God into the, the hands of his son, Solomon. And, and of course, Jesus, the most important one of all, handing his ministry off to a bunch of ragtag group of guys, you know? And he was trusting the gospel to change the world to them. And that's amazing to me that he would hand his ministry into their hands. Well, um, we have been working really hard to hand off ministry. And I am trying to run all the way to the end. And I've got my hand out there, and I'm about to release it. 
and Jonathan is reaching out his hand. And here's what I want to share with you, just a couple of thoughts. As Jonathan grabs hold of this baton in ministry, and as he comes out of the chute, here's the idea. In a relay race, the person who's taking the next leg, they actually have more energy, they have more passion, they have more speed, they're, they're building it up, and they can go the distance faster than the one who they're taking it from. But here's what I love. The imagery of it is beautiful, that when Jonathan takes hold of that baton and he begins to run, I want you to think about what our job is. Our job is to cheer him on, right? Our job is to be incredible cheerleaders for him as he begins to run this next leg of our ministry. And if you really, every metaphor will break down. If you really think about it, what's happening is in many ways, you guys are picking up the baton for the next season of your ministry as well. And so my goal today, as I share from God's word, is to invite you to run well. Oh, I want you to run fast and hard. Because according to Hebrews chapter 11 and chapter 12, the saints of God are cheering us on as we try to run for the kingdom of God. They're yelling for us. Their race is over and our race is still going on, right? And they are cheering us forward. And we need to run as fast and as hard as we can for the kingdom of God. So we're going to pray and study God's word in, in one minute. But I have a couple of housekeeping things that I want to say, okay? And um, I don't even know that I'm going to say these well, but if you will, allow me to say some uh, things that might not come across your ears very easy, all right? I want to share with you two things that are housekeeping around here, all right? Number one, um, it, is, it would be very easy for this church to continue to talk about me and about our, our family and our ministry. And I just want to, as lovingly as I can say, um, let my name fall off of your lips, Okay? Don't keep talking about me. Talk about Jonathan and talk about the next leg of ministry together. If you talk about me all the time, he will hate me, okay? Would you, can we just make an agreement here that we're not going to keep saying Stephen? Because you know it's a new day, right? And, and don't you think the people of God need to stop talking about Moses and they need to start talking about the new promised land that God had in front of them? Don't, don't that make sense? So I'm just asking you as your pastor, best you can, um, to, to talk about the future and not talk about the past. And then the second thing I, I want to invite you to do is I want to invite you to receive him as your pastor. On Friday night, somebody came up to me and they said, we were, we we're wanting to join the church, but we didn't want to join the church under you. We want to join the church under Jonathan. We want to communicate to him that there are new days in front of us. I put my arm around somebody's neck and we were talking about baptism. And I told him, who's been longing to be baptized, but he didn't get, he's not going to be baptized by me. I said, why don't you be the first person that Jonathan baptizes in this church? And so I, I guess what I want to say to you is one of the things they teach us, I'm about to pull back the curtain, and you may not know this, all right? One of the things they teach us in seminary is that when God moves you to a new place, go to the new place and give that new place your heart and encourage the, the place where you were to receive the new pastor and let him be their pastor. And that doesn't mean that I'm not available to come back and do weddings or funerals. I've got a wedding plan, a couple of weddings of, of planned for you guys. But it does mean when something happens in your world, here's how you receive your new pastor. You, you call them. You invite them to be a part of that special moment in your life, all right? Um, if you go in the hospital, you call them or you call the church. Or if you have uh, a funeral and you want me to be a part of it, you call him first and you say, I'd like for you to be a part of this, but would it be okay if Stephen was too, okay? So, it's okay. It's great to have kids in the house with us, isn't it? All right? If you're getting a little bent out of shape by the noise, just take a breath. Ah, okay. 
Hey, we're going to study God's word together, so I want to invite you to bow your heads and let's pray together. Father, in the next few minutes as I read some of the most powerful prayers of the Bible, I invite you to let these prayers fall on our ears and fall on our hearts. Oh, would you speak to us? Would you speak to us about us and about who you are and about the kingdom of God and who you've called us to be in ministry in this area? And we thank you that we're the family of God together. We thank you that we're the family of God together. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Speak over us, we pray. And we will receive your word into our lives like seed that it may bear eternal fruit in us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, before I share, I guess I need to say one more thing, and that is, wow, thank you for coming to this day. I mean, this, this place is packed out today. You should see the parking lot. I mean, people had to park in crazy places, so, um, so thank you. So today I want to share with you, I've been in a series, <laughs> I know, I'm cheating, right? It's a series called If I Only Had One Sermon to Preach, and I preached four of them. So um, if I only have one sermon to preach, and what I've, what I've shared with you is I just kind of wanted to share some big important things to me before I hand off the baton, and today is my last Sunday to be able to do that. And what I've decided to do is I've, I've, I've developed a sermon, a message called um, Leaning Into God's Future, because that's what I believe today is all about. As that, as that baton receiver, he is leaning in, and, and, and it's a new day, right? And I want to share with you today four prayers. Now, the Bible is filled with some phenomenal prayers, and, and I'm cheating today, the Bible, by not putting some of the greatest prayers in the Bible, but I've picked some prayers that are my heart-led felt prayers for this church, and I wanted to share those with you today. And they range from different places, but I want to just speak through them today. And if it's okay today, instead of preaching to you, I kind of want to speak over you today. I want to speak over you today as your founding pastor, and I want to pray together prayers for our future, okay? So the first prayer I want to pray is, is actually found in Habakkuk 2.3. It was that, that passage where God told the prophet, here's, here's what I want you to do. Write it down for the people, share it with them, and then send it forth on a messenger so everybody, everybody knows this word. It was that classic place where, if you remember, the, uh, the, the Lord spoke over the prophet that there, where there is no vision, the people perish. Well, listen to this, Habakkuk 2.3. But these things I plan won't happen right away slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. You know, this is a scripture that I held on to when I first started this church because there were no people here yet, right? And we had no children's ministry. I had nothing to offer anybody. We, we had nothing. But the goal was to reach people who were who were unconnected or, or, or had wandered away or maybe had given up on God or given up on the church. And so I held on to that scripture right there. But these things I planned. See, this church was God's plan. It wasn't my plan. Hallelujah. This church has from, from the very beginning been God's plan. And God spoke over me this scripture. But these things I plan, they won't happen right away. It takes time to build a church. It takes time to become the church God's called us to. Just like a child. Wasn't it awesome to see Noah this morning? Just like a child is born, but then there's so much development and growth. There is so much that happens. That's the life cycle of a church. And God said, slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. The call of God to build a church here in this place. If it seems slow in coming, and it did sometimes. If it feels slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. i just share with you the vision of God, whatever God wants to do in your life and my life for the church's life, whatever God wants to accomplish, He can accomplish. He is almighty. He is all-powerful. 
And I share that prayer with you today, that scripture there with you, because I just wanted to begin today by saying a couple of three things about you in front of you, okay? I want to talk about you, over you, and in front of you. I want to take a minute to just share with you what I think are three of your greatest qualities, and I want to thank you for them. The first one is this. Uh, This is an incredibly flexible church. All right, we have had to be. Seven buildings in 14 years is pretty impressive, okay? We we felt like sometimes we were just leaving the dumb people behind because they couldn't find us anymore, you know? We were were moving all over the place all the time. And and I I just want to say... Thank you for your flexibility. There have been so many times where we had to flex and we were making big decisions to go here or to go there or to, to do this or to do that. And why, why were you flexible? From the very beginning of this church, we, I challenge you to always follow the spirit over the structure, to put spirit over structure, make sure that you know, policies, rules, procedures, they don't, they're, they're like bone structure to our human body. They just serve and submit to our spirit. The Spirit of God in this place is the most important thing. And you, this church has done so excellently at trying over and over again to put spirit over structure. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for your flexibility. Thank you for meeting in warehouses before we could ever have our own home, you know. And, and, and you know what? We're going to outgrow this building. Here's just the truth. It's going to get uncomfortable around here. We're going to have to go to multiple worship services. And we're going to have, we already have kids flowing out of rooms, way overflowing the rooms. And guess what? We'll have to be flexible even with this space, but God's given us more land, right? And we'll build more buildings and the campus will expand. But thank you for who you are and your flexibility. Thank you for putting the Spirit's purposes and plans way over the the other stuff that's just structure, okay? So the first thing I want to say thank you for is your flexibility. The second thing I want to say thank you for is your faith. I mean, the faith of this church is huge. I have asked you to take incredible risks by the way, I don't know what Jean's talking about with the phone tree and $8,000. Not quite like that. It, just, it sounded like $8,000 to her. But anyway, uh, that was shared on Friday night. You guys have taken incredible risks. You guys always believe God for the biggest and the best. Now, listen carefully. There are a lot of churches in this world, and I'm, 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 I don't even want these words to come out of my mouth, but they're true, and it's sad. There are a lot of churches in this world that are known for being negative. They're only known what they're against. I mean, we're against this. We don't want you to dance. We don't want women have to wear dresses a certain length, you know, and what do men have to do? But anyway, I mean, it's, all, it's always about what we're against. And can I just tell you that I don't want to be a church that's against stuff. I want to be a church that's for stuff. And that's the kind of church y'all are. Your faith has always been what we're for. You've always believed God for big things. And can I just tell you something? There's a whole bunch of pastors who have to pastor churches where every time they come up with an idea, it's, no, we can't do that, or we've never done it, we don't have, it's it's, it's always fear, and it's never faith. And they would give their right arm to be able to serve a church like this. That when we say, we think God's calling us here, we just go. There's no argument, there's no, you don't have to, you don't have to take a vote, you don't have to, when we believe God's calling us somewhere, we move there together. And I just, I want to say thank you for your faith. I like to say it this way. This church's faith is so big. Sometimes I've looked at them, and not, not really, but it seemed like this. I've said, hey, guys, let's go storm the gates of hell, and I'm going to give you some water guns. And they've always said, let's go. You know, I mean, it's like that kind of faith. And I've always appreciated that about you. Thank you for your flexibility. Thank you for your faith. And now here's a big one, and it's got to do with that very scripture. Can we put that scripture up there one more time? Thank you for your vision. Thank you for getting the vision of God. Thank you for looking beyond yourself. And sometimes even when you were impatient, 
You waited for the vision to unfold. You were patient. You knew God would bring to pass what God had to bring to pass. You, you persevered towards the vision every time. And if there was ever a fall, you failed forward. And you got back up and you started saying, hey, we're going to run towards the vision. Vision is so important. And you know, when I, when I arrived in this area, we didn't have any people. And I asked a group of people, and many of them are here right now in this very room, to look beyond themselves and to try to do things for people who weren't in church and didn't, didn't, had kind of given up on God and had been hurt by the church sometimes and felt like they were hurt by God. And they laid down all their stuff and they said, I will look beyond myself. That, that thing inside of those people that was that vision, did you know that God blessed that? And then He helped other people to get that same thing. And it began to spread into other people's lives where they said, you know what, I'm going to look beyond myself. It's not going to be about me and my comfort levels and what this church can do for me. It's going to be about trying to reach people who are not yet here, who don't know Christ, who don't have a church home, who, who need Christ in their life. And I just want to say thank you, thank you so much for looking beyond yourself. And the last thought about this vision thing is, you know, you cannot control. Listen, church, there's a lot of things you cannot control in this life. There's a lot of things we as a church can't control. You cannot control the economy. When the economy collapsed, we had to live through it together, and we had to respond out of it. You can't control an economy. You can't control when people lose their jobs. You can't control when people move off. And we've laid our hands on so many people, and we've said goodbye to Orlando, you know, goodbye to Fort Bragg. We've, we've sent a lot of people all over the world. You can't control that. But remember this. Here's something you will always be able to control. You will always control what and how much you believe God for. You will always control how much faith you are believing God with and for. And I pray, I'm so thankful for the faith level of this church, and I pray that you would continue to be a flexible, spirit-led church, that you would continue to be a, a faith-filled church that says we will storm the gates of hell, we will not be a no church, we will be a yes and what else, God, we're running at it. And that you will be a visionary church that says it's not about us. It's about the people who are not yet here. What do we have to do to get them to have an experience with God? Well, that's the first prayer, and I'll make every other one shorter than that. Okay, Johnny? Uh, here, here's another one. Jabez. Wow. The prayer of Jabez. I just had to pray this over this church today. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles 4.10, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh. By the way, we don't know anything else about Jabez. His prayer was recorded here, and it was held that God did this for him. His prayer, oh, that you would bless me indeed, that you would enlarge my territory, and that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. This is a prayer that I pray a lot for my life. I pray that God would bless me that God would enlarge the territory of ministry in front of me and that His hand would be over my life, that I would be holy in trying to please Him and that I would not cause Him pain. And I just want to tell you what, how I'm praying that for you right now as a church. I believe that in front of us is enlarging territory. I believe God's plan is not that He's going to shrink us back, but He's going to expand us forward. And I am praying that God would enlarge our territory and put His hand on us. And remember what I've taught about this before. In the Bible, whenever the Bible talks about the hand of God being put on somebody, it's always about one of three things. It's always about judgment, and I don't believe that's what God's doing here, okay? Here's another thing it's about. It's about presence. His hand was put on them to be His presence in their life, and it is about His power, His power to flow through them. 
I am praying that God's presence and his power flow over you, church. I am praying the prayer of Jabez for myself. I'm praying the prayer of Jabez for you guys. Third prayer. When I was graduating college, my, uh, one, of, one of the greatest mentors in my life, Paul Kahn, gave me a Bible. And inside the Bible was Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. Just a few weeks ago, when my, my daughter walked across the stage, she reached out to the same man, Paul Kahn. She received a Bible from him. And inside that Bible, he had written with his own hand, Ephesians 4, uh, sorry, 3, 14 through 21. Every graduate that has walked across this stage and received a Bible from me has received a Bible from me that said Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21. This is one of the most important prayers in my life, and it's my prayer for this church. Paul prayed this prayer over the church at Ephesus. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, and I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now listen to this. And I pray that you, being rooted, picture a tree, rooted and established, firm, steadfast in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp. This is literally to put your arms around it and hold on to it, to grasp how wide, how long, how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Let me pause right there for a minute. There's a whole bunch of prayers, like little mini prayers in this prayer. But I just want to mention four of them to you right in the middle where it says that you may be able to grasp how high and wide and long and deep is. You see what Paul was praying? He was saying this, this is the love of Christ. It's just immeasurable. And, and what I want to challenge you to do is I want to challenge you with your whole life to run after grasping the love of Jesus. Because see, here's what I've learned. I, I keep finding that there's new dimensions of it. It's wider than I thought it was. It's higher than I thought it was. It's deeper than I thought it was. And church, my prayer for you, that little mini prayer right there for you, is that you would run after grasping the love of Christ because it's immense, it's broad, it's high, it's wide, it's deep. And Jesus' love for you is true. But then he goes on and he prays two more prayers, little mini prayers right after that. He not only says that. No, no, no. He says this. He says, and I pray that you would know this love, that you would know this love. It, 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 it's like a knowledge. It's an intellectual understanding. I have grasped that God, the God of the universe, loved me, even me. I need to just pause here for a minute and just remind you it's Father's Day. And you have a heavenly Father that loves you. And can we just confess, all of us here in this room, sometimes we struggle to be loved. We, we look at ourselves like we just we don't have God's image of how much He loves us. And one of the things I want you to know that you came to church here today was to hear that you are perfectly loved by your Father. 
He can't love you anymore. He loves you so much. And if, 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 if somehow down the years you would be able to get this, I've talked to so many people, they struggle with this thing about, well, I've never seen God, and how do I have faith to receive it? And it's a, it's a brain thing, you know? It's a brain-heart thing. They've, just, they've never been able to make that seven-inch journey from the place of faith to their head, you know? And what I want to say to you is, God loves you so much, He doesn't just, He hasn't just shown it. He wants you to know it. To know it when you... When you rise in the morning and know when you put your head on, he wants you to know it. But watch this. He says that you would know this love that surpasses knowledge. See, this thing that God always meant it to be was that you would be able to understand his love for you, at least begin to grasp it, and then it would go beyond that. That you would have this place where you, with your soul, you can't even f- understand the depth of the love of You would just keep exploring all of your days. You'd explore more and more of the depth. And Paul says, my hope is you'll, you'll run your whole life trying to grasp his love. And you'll keep finding out it's wider and it's higher and it's longer and it's deeper than you thought it was. And it won't just be a head knowledge. It'll be so much more than that. Now to him who is able to do Oh, I forgot this one. Oh, one more prayer. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. <laughs> what does that even mean? I mean, have you ever, have you ever, have you, you've read this prayer before, right? Paul prayed that the people would be filled up with God so much they had all of God in them. I mean, is that an incredible prayer or what? I pray that you'd be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Seriously, sometimes I read prayers like this and I go, I don't, I'm, not even, I can't, I'm not even bold enough to pray that kind of prayer. But that was Paul's prayer for the Ephesus church. And that's my prayer for the Harvest Point church. That you would be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God. How do we do that? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church, you hear that? In the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I had to speak that prayer over you. I've written it to every graduate that got a Bible and I hope that they would turn to it and read it. I said, please turn and read it. This is my prayer for you. Last prayer. I haven't been able to talk to everybody, but I oftentimes when I'm one-on-one or when I'm you know, at a, at a cafe or, or, you know, in somebody's living room or in the hospital, I've taken a moment to many of you to tell you this prayer. This prayer is the prayer that I will walk and drive away from this place with. Philippians chapter 1. It's one of the sweetest, most beautiful prayers that Paul was praying over a church that had suffered great persecution. They, they, were, in first, they were suffering great persecution. He was in jail as he wrote the letter. And as he wrote to them, he was giving thanks to God for the good word he was hearing about what was happening in their life. So listen to this prayer. It's it's really three things, and it's my prayer for you as Christ's holy church. Paul said these words, I thank my God every time I remember you. I will thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. 
being confident of this, that He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You hear those other two prayers? Paul said this. He said, when I pray for you, here's what comes out of me. I pray with joy. I pray with joy and thanksgiving because you joined me and together we did the work of God. You were a partner with me to do good God work together. And then he says this, and when I pray for you, I pray with confidence that he who began the good work, he's faithful. That's who he is. And he will be faithful to complete the good work that he started in you. Every time I pray for you, church, I'll pray with thanksgiving. And when I pray, I'll pray with joy. And I'll thank God for your partnership in the gospel and that he is still doing the good work he started from the very beginning. Well, um, by the way, good to have Jose in the house today. Jose got somebody else to preach for him so he could come over here and be with us today. La Gran Cosecha is in the house. We love you guys. We love y'all. I shouldn't have said anything about that because there's probably other people here that I'm supposed to recognize. Okay. Is it okay, church, if I just pray over you today as we kind of close our time together? I just want to invite you to stand up with me, if you will. We haven't done this often, but sometimes we have done this from time to time. We've just kind of closed in the gaps of the aisle, and together we've held hands. And if if you'll do that, I just kind of want you to, to kind of come in across the aisle and hold the hand next to you of somebody. And I'm going to give you a few minutes to do that because a few folks it needs, needs, they need to take time to be able to do that. And as I pray over you, I'm going to pray those prayers that I just prayed, okay? And what I want you to do is I want you to do two things with me. I, I want you to agree with me about that because these are biblical prayers. I didn't write them, right? These are, these are kind of God prayers for us. I want you to pray these prayers with me. So as you agree with me, I want you to also do this. I want you to ask God for it. Ask God for it for you, for your family, and for our church family. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Father, we thank you for the vision that you started with in this church. And it sometimes has seemed slow, but you have promised us that when you give a vision and you call us towards something, surely, steadily, eventually it will unfold before our eyes. And you've given us faith and flexibility. You've given us vision. And I just thank you for that. We ask for more of it. Would you give it more of it? Lord, don't ever let this church struggle to not not have a vision. We want your vision and your dreams. We want to run hard at your your things. And God, I pray this church would be filled with faith. And I pray that it it would just be flexible, able to follow your spirit, however you bend, however you shape. And Lord, I also pray that the prayer of Jabez would rest over this congregation. I I pray you'd enlarge our territory, that you would enlarge our ministry, that you'd put your hand of favor and power and presence over us, and that, Father, we would feel your good pleasure as we try to expand the kingdom of God here in Henry County and beyond. And, Lord, I pray for us that we would also be grasping your your love more and more, that we would try to grasp how high and wide and long and deep is the love of Christ, that you would help us to try to know this love that surpasses knowledge. And I pray, Jesus, that you would help us to share that love with the world all around us. Oh God, help us to be in the business of grasping it for ourselves, learning it more and more, but then giving it away and helping so many more to know the love of Christ. And Lord, I give thanks for this congregation. And that's a cool thing because 
We're able to do that right here, one for another. We're brothers and sisters, and we can say thank you for the people we're holding hands with and the people in the aisle in front of us and behind us. We can say thank you that we're a church family. So thank you, God, for Harvest Point. And Lord, I pray over this church joy. I pray over this church thanksgiving that the partnership that we have to do the gospel has only just begun. That we are partners who are running right alongside each other, cheering one another on to run this race while we still have breath in our lungs. And I pray that the good work that you have started in every person and in every family, in everyone in this place, that you would continue it until the day of Christ Jesus. We are confident that you will continue the good work that you've done in our families, in our children's ministry, in our student ministry, in every ministry of this church, that you would continue your good work in us until the day of Christ Jesus, when we will burst forth into the life that is to come, redeemed and having done as much as we could. We, we will be spent with our life towards your kingdom work. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this prayer in agreement here, and we pray it, and we ask for it together in the name of Jesus. Amen, church? Amen. Would you give a hand clap for the Lord? Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, may it be done so in our lives. Amen? Hey, by the way, I meant to get you to say amen. You know what amen means, right? So be it. Why don't you seal that prayer with a big amen? Amen. So be it. Hallelujah. I, I, am I closing out? Are we leaving? No, we're not leaving. We are gone. <laughs> no, we're not. Grab a seat for just a minute. I don't know what's going on. Blue boxes. Y'all need a microphone or something? Yeah, we grab the microphone. Is this on? Okay, great. Um, today is a very sp special day, and uh, we thanked you earlier. Thank you so much for being here today. And once again, I want to say thank you for all of your. Uh, gifts and all of your hard work. Uh, the transition team has been working for about three months. Uh, to make you got three months to go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're halfway through, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been working about three months and being able to make this transition an excellent transition. They wanted me to say a few words to you, Stephen. And you and I have, and my family, my family's been here about 14 years with you. What? That's a long time. <laughs> yeah. Time and has flown. And we've done a lot of ministry together. And when God brought you here 17 years ago to Henry County, you didn't know anybody. But he had birthed in your heart a dream. A dream to start a church for his kingdom. And you and Julie together, side by side, have helped build a church for the kingdom of God. A great church. A prevailing church. 
a very healthy <laughs> and vibrant church for the kingdom of God. And I know today, on Father's Day, our Heavenly Father is saying, well done, my son. Well done. We have, we have two, two boxes here. Uh, this is just kind of the beginning of the, of the big gift. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. But we're going to let you guys um, <clears throat> open these up. And what's inside, you have to put on. Oh, my <laughs> What? <laughs> and everybody get your cameras because you're going to want a picture of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. One for Julie and one for Steven. I'm afraid of this. <laughs> so go ahead. All right. Aloha. All right, I'm getting there faster than you are. Come on, here we go. Oh, it's taped up. I've got one too. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. This is crazy. There you go, right there. Not too far apart. <laughs> Woo! Don't show things. Woo! Oh, Lordy. <laughs> this is church. There we are. I found a way to close the gap. There we go. Woo! Woo! Did we let our children in here today? <laughs> All right, so um, if you haven't guessed by now, uh, all of Harvest Point is everybody. Everybody has pitched in and given and done so much uh, for your years of service for 17 years. We want to send you and Julie on an all-expense-paid trip to Hawaii. <laughs> oh wow. 
Thank you. It's actually a Delta Dream vacation. It's not a buddy pass. Oh, so we're wow. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Stephen, thank you so much oh. uh, for your years of service. Take, accept this as a small token of our appreciation uh, for, you, for you and your family. Uh, Y'all you. have been a blessing to us. Thank you. And um, now, now that you're all dressed up, uh, I know that uh, how the Ushery family loves a good competition. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, <clears throat> we have we have a little we have a little video for you to watch to see if you can keep up with this couple doing the hula. Oh my lordy. Get ready. Get this situated here. We'll be able to do it that good. There you go. All we'll right. Be able to see that video. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. But um, on the screen, going to be coming up next are a few slides and, and things that shows Hawaii. Since you guys have never been, we've never been. We have an opportunity to uh, see a few things up here on the screen. <laughs> no, you're fine. Whoa.
Thank you, Dave. <laughs> uh, Stephen, I did want to say one last thing. Um, aloha is a greeting. And in Hawaii, uh, it means hello and goodbye. Mm -hmm. But if you look up the word aloha, that's just kind of the surface meaning of that word. The much deeper, richer meaning of aloha is a greeting from the depths of our heart. We show you all the love and compassion that we can possibly offer. <laughs> and everybody at Harvest Point wants to say to you, my friend, aloha. Thank you. Thank aloha. you. <laughs> Thank you. Would you stand with me? This will be the weirdest benediction I've ever given in my life. Excuse me. In the name of Jesus, aloha. May you be God's compassion to the world. Thank you for allowing us to be your pastor. Go be salt and light and do great things for God in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you.